Hello and welcome to Romance Isn't Dead, Episode 3, Lords and Lasses, or What's Really Under That Kilt. Today we will be discussing the classic historical romance by Julie Garwood, Ransom. I'm Sally. And I'm Ray. I have a question, Ray. Go on then. Go for it. In my head, that word, L-A-I-R-D-S, is Laird's. But I've heard it pronounced Lord's. I have no idea what's right. (laughs) You're asking an English person to pronounce a Scottish word. Hello, war. Um, Okay, well, in my head, it's always Laird's. Laird's and Lattes, but maybe that's just... I heard my granddad say it, and he was from Glasgow. And he had a very, very strong accent for about five minutes when I was a child. <laughs> okay. So it's Laird's. Okay. I believe so. Okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna die on a hill over it, but I think that's right. Yeah. Anyone got any comments, let us know. Can yeah. you even record it and let us know how you say it? Yeah. <laughs> We'd be quite happy to hear. Yeah, I mean so anyway. in my head like I said, it's layered in my head, but I have heard it pronounced Lords and so I was just Doing the best I could not to sound like an uneducated buffoon. (laughs) Anywho, all right, so this is our first book review episode, and the plan for our listeners is that every two weeks we'll have a book review, and and then in the intervening weeks we will do something different, whether it's talk about tropes or movies, and next time I'm so excited we're talking about Star Wars because I am a complete Star Wars geek. But anyway, um, we... (laughs) will be talking about romance novels and so I will sort of assign our next romance novel uh Ray and our are uh, trading off so this was her pick the next pick is mine and so Ray I want you to take it away talk to us about Ransom okay. give, us our, give us our uh background <laughs> Okay, well, Ransom is the second in a series by Julie Garwood, and it was released in 1999. Um, It's the sequel to The Secret, which was written in 92. So there's a nice seven years between the two. It was the story of Brodick. So for anyone who read The Secret, I read it after I read Ransom, but that's because I always read things back to front. Um, And Brodick was one of Ian, who was the character in Secret's Loyal Friends. And at the end of The Secret, he was heading off to England to get himself an English bride. However, that didn't quite work out, as we found out in Ransom. And Ransom also introduces us to Gillian, who is the daughter of an English baron that she witnessed being murdered when she was about three years old. And now she's been taken back to her childhood home by Baron Alford, who is, for all intent and purpose, a really <clears throat> nasty guy who makes the English sound pretty horrendous, to be fair. Um, and Alford, he, Alford is awful. Uh, awful. <laughs> Alford is is awful. Yeah, and I nearly pronounced that wrong. Um, and he is he sends her on a mission to find her sister, who she hasn't seen since the night her father was killed, and basically to get this box called Ariana's box that the king at the time, King John, is looking for. Um, so let me, let me just add just a smidge of historical context here. King John <laughs> was not well liked. Um, for those of us who don't, he liked gold. 
<laughs> yeah, but he was not well liked. Um, and for those of us who have any inclinations towards Western civilization, um, he's also the king that was forced to sign the Magna Carta, which is sort of the basis for Western civilization rights and such. So he, he was pretty awful. <laughs> he was a pretty <laughs> awful person. So <clears throat> also awful, right? Okay, so. Oh, right. yeah. Also awful. However, he was also the brother of King Richard um, yeah. and the king at the time of um, Robin Hood. Didn't they call it John Lackland? They called him John Lackland. John Lackland. They did indeed. Because he didn't have any land. He lacked land. Okay. <laughs> We're always very creative with names. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Back to Ransom. Okay. Well, Gillian is, um, for all intents and purposes, sent off to, well, sent off to find her sister. But there's also the subplot of the young lad who is kidnapped for ransom by someone who is trying to get Ramsey Sinclair to expose himself to danger and get killed. So there is a subplot in there as well, which I actually, it's not a blink and you'll miss it moment, but it is quite, it is vital to the plot when it comes to Gillian and Brodick meeting for the first time. Right. So how'd uh, I do? <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. And of course, like most Julie Garwoods, this is a happily ever after. We love that, right? Here at oh, Romance Isn't Dead. Well, yeah, if we didn't like them, then there would be little point in us reading loads and loads of romance novels <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> I'm now reading romance novel number seven for the last two weeks. <laughs> I picked up a new series as well. Um, okay, so uh, do you think that Ransom fits any of our tropes? Like, when we think of tropes? I'd say for about 50 seconds, maybe it meets the damsel in distress trope. Mm -hmm. But she's almost she's almost a self-rescuing princess as well. So kind of Princess mm -hmm. Leia. Can I say, when I was reading it, I had just the way she talks it's kind of like that it's not that she's too stupid to live it's not that <laughs> but it seems like a lot of Julie Garwood's heroines have this where they're having this parallel conversation to whatever conversation is going on and and it always works out and you're left kind of wondering if they actually knew exactly what was going on and they were just working within the system to get their own way. But, um, like for instance, in the scene where she actually gets married in this book, right? Oh yeah. In the end, apparently she's, she thought she was being betrothed. She thought she was being engaged oh, yeah. to him, but <laughs> apparently she's getting married. And, and it, I mean, he set out to deceive her with that, right? Because he's like, Ramsey, I'm going to need your help. And Ramsey's like, I'll do what I can. And, you know, on the one hand, I'm sitting here going, oh, my God, girl, don't be so stupid. And then on the other hand, I'm kind of snickering because it's funny. But then again, in sort of today's world, and, and I'm like a little horrified for like you are being manipulated here and it's not okay 
No, and I, and I think that that's my modern mind. And I and when I look at it from the context of this is this is something that maybe was happening in 12th or 11th century Scotland then or 13th century Scotland then I'm thinking okay she's actually being treated fairly gently for the time period right oh yeah he's not clubbed her over the head and carried her off to his lair and had his way with her and then married her yeah I mean so I I don't know and he's he's protecting her sensibilities I suppose I can't believe I'm defending him however this is something that we were going to talk about anyway Mm -hmm. and it's that whole do you re- if you read a romance novel based in historic in the historical period, and I think this is based in like 1156 or something. If you read a novel based in that time period, should you switch off your modern day sensibilities and not suspend disbelief because this no doubt did happen? But should you be switching off your modern day sensibilities to enjoy the book, or should you just not be picking it up in the first place? You know, that's a good question. Because women were in those days. I mean, she's lucky that he actually said, oh, I'm going to marry you and even asked her in the first place rather than just marrying her and be done with it. Because, in fact, he didn't even have to marry her because how many people knew where she was? So she's kind of, in a way, I can't believe I'm saying this, but she's lucky that he married her rather than just keeping her as his belonging. Well, I mean, but we're actually saying, too, that I mean, if he loved her, you know, right. And that's that this is where it is a little bit female empowering and that he loves her. Right. Yeah. She's, (laughs) she's getting a strong, she's getting a strong man. She's getting her champion as young Alex sort of says that she needs one in at the beginning of the book. She's getting her champion and he does protect her, but he does. Does he manipulate her as much as she manipulates him? I mean, I've just finished reading The Wedding and the main characters in that, they were, I mean, she spent hours debating her wedding vows Mm -hmm. while they were waiting to get married and the guy had basically kidnapped her Mm -hmm. and taken her from the guy she was intended to be marrying. So (laughs) it is a theme all the way through every single historical especially um highland novel that garwood writes yeah there is the thing about garwood is there is a formula and if you like the formula go for it if you don't like the formula just skip the book right oh Oh, 100 percent. and also these were written i mean in the 90s these were written these were written 20 this year 20 years ago and things have changed a lot awareness has changed a lot in 20 years but does that mean that we've got to abandon the fact that sometimes it is quite nice to for someone else to take responsibility for something occasionally? I wouldn't mind if someone made me breakfast in bed on the odd occasion rather than me having to get up and do it myself. Yeah, sure. And then not bothering to go back to bed again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing is I'm not sure. Like, okay. In, like, I guess the 70s and 80s, the traditional bodice rippers had you know every man's a rapist kind of thing so the woman doesn't have to take responsibility for like enjoying sex this one didn't did this one do that i mean no i mean she was a she was a willing participant yeah she was an enthusiastic participant so i mean i don't think issues of consent are really here like you would see in an old um you know oh gosh very, very old Joanna Lindsay. 
Uh, well, I was actually thinking uh, Rebecca Brandywine, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, that's going right back to the start. Yeah. But then you read Silver Angel by Julie um, by Joanna Lindsay is a perfect example of. Oh yeah, she gets kidnapped and taken away to be a slave in a harem, oh, and. Lord. And she ends up enjoying it, but that is the perfect example of a woman being, sounds awful, but a woman being written as being raped in a book so that it takes away the responsibility for her actually enjoying the act. It's such a controversial subject. It's so difficult to make it sound good, but at the same time, if that's your kind of book... And if that's the book you enjoyed reading and you still enjoy reading, then that's personal choice. Yeah, absolutely. But it certainly, at least on the surface, does not play well into 2018 or 2019, right? That's all I'm saying. Um, yeah, but it's, that's, I think that is the way that things things change. And we've got feminist movement, we've got Me Too, we've got female empowerment and everything else. And I think that sometimes not always you do want to it's escapism and that's what a romance novel is right 100 I, th- I think my point just and i think ray that you would agree with me i think my point is that we should probably resist the urge to judge sometimes um and we should also look at the copyright dates on these books and realize hey this was written 20 years ago it probably would, would look a little bit different today right so, oh, definitely. Look so at let's, the let's... more contemporary mm-hmm. historical novels that come out these days. Mm-hmm. They're far more, they're almost, they're, I wouldn't say they're PG rated a lot of them, but they are far more um, young adult inspired mm-hmm. with the se- with the scenes that they have involved in them and far less on the man takes woman and takes charge mm-hmm. and woman has no control over her own life. Mhm. Mhm. Um well what about Brodick? Is this this is is this a man that you would that you would uh, like to have in your life? I always liked Brodick. He was my favorite of of Garwood's heroes. I mm-hmm. I'd have to say it is definitely a personal preference thing. Mm-hmm. Um he is take charge, very take charge. Mhm. I mean the way that he sort of he doesn't trick her into getting married, but he kind of does. But at at least he does marry her, which he doesn't have to do. Well, the other thing, <laughs> when the priest is like, wait, what? You didn't know what was happening to you? And he's like, okay, you just can't sleep with him. And, and but she very and willingly. she still heads off with him. <laughs> she heads off. And, and, and right there, that is, that's, as we've said, that's cons- like, she's actually okay with this. Um, yeah. But she's kind of done exactly what we've just said historical romances sometimes do take take responsibility for the decision away from the woman and therefore you know she yeah I, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a difficult one isn't it but yeah. he, he has he has got a soft side mm-hmm. that's the thing go. i mean he 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 clearly loves his godchild or the child he's been tasked with protecting mm-hmm. he cares about jillian Mm-hmm. And he, the way that uh, he and Ramsey and Ian and everyone else get so enraged when 
um, Alec is telling everyone how Gillian took the beating that was intended for him. Mm-hmm. And she's got bruises all over her back and she was beaten by a, by a man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are, he is absolutely horrified. And it's nice to see that he is so protective of someone that he barely knows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he's started to care for. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I, I understand um, I, I, I understand. I agree with you. Um, so, um, it's just a little, it's a little different. I think in theory, I would find him a fantasy man in practice. I would find him overbearing and a bit annoying. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, it's, it's fine. I mean, but that's, but that's the point. I mean, for me, a romance novel is a place, it's a safe place for me to explore things without it being like a real life thing right so I can explore fantasies that aren't something that I actually maybe want to happen to me in actual real life so no consequences exactly it's a romance novel it's okay it's not a big deal um and you know I I have said it maybe not on this podcast but I have said it before I was reading a fan fiction and the title of it just made me snicker, but it's so true. The title was you can't turn off what turns you on. Mm, so that's, tr- so that true. is very true. And, and so, you know, I, once I read that and I thought about it and I was like, you know, it's true. And, um, one of the things about being sort of a romance novel reader, I've gotten very much to the point of, you know, that's not my kink or that's not my thing. That's not the thing that like does anything for me, but you do you, right? To, it just doesn't. Yeah, I think you're right. You have to do, you have to read what you like. Mm-hmm. And though quite often you'll see um, the jokes about kids who in school would hide their comic books inside their academic books or you'd hide your yeah, exactly. You hide your romance novel. I know that I would, until I was far more confident about the fact that I can read what I like and I don't care what other people think about it, I would quite often hide my Mills and Boone books or my Joanna Lindsay or my Catherine Coulter or whoever else I was reading. I'd quite often hide them inside copies of Pride and Prejudice or A Room with a View, even though I had I had read those, to be fair. But I'd still hide them inside something so that people wouldn't I felt that people judged me for what I liked to read. Right. I'm I'm in my forties. Why should I care if someone's like, Oh my god, that girl's reading a romance. So what? It's a book. I've picked up a book and I'm reading words on a page rather than looking at someone's latest Instagram post. Right. Well, um the other thing is I read an article, this has been ages ago, and it was talking about how romance readers are willing to read different genres and different things and um and much more so than, say, sci-fi readers. Like, just sci-fi readers who say sci-fi is my favorite would be less likely to branch out into something else. Romance readers are more likely to branch out. They're willing to look at different things that maybe aren't romance or they're different or they are romance with that stuff in it. And the person who was writing the article said it goes back to those covers that if you're going to read a romance novel with Fabio with his chest out and the woman with the bodice that shows way too much cleavage or whatever (laughs) on the bow of a ship, right? If you're willing to read that, 
in public. I've got that book. Yeah, I know. <laughs> don't we all? Um, but the point is, I mean, you know, don't we all? And um, the point is, though, romance readers are braver. They oh, are yeah, brave readers. They're willing to take chances with the books that they read more so than, say, fans of some other genres. And and I'm not, I, I just pick sci-fi sort of out of a hat. But, but yeah, I, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. And those covers are, like, indicative of, of that, that we are, as romance readers, you know, hey, yeah, yeah we'll show off our... our uh, our crazy, our crazy romance to who, and we don't care who knows what we're reading on the subway. Yeah. So, so in this case, anyway. it really is a case of you can judge a book by its cover, but then you also look at the um, romance novelists that actually branch out because you've got Nora Roberts mm-hmm. who started writing her first novels were Harlequin or Mills and Boone novels. And mm-hmm. she's now a best-selling thriller. thriller. Yeah. Yeah. And Julie Garwood, she writes thrillers now. Mm. And Judith McNaught, she branched out. She writes thrillers now. And there's quite a few romance authors who've branched out and gone into writing other genres, whereas you don't see that happening very often with authors of other genres. They tend to stick with what they know, whereas looking at a book like Ransom that has a murder, it has uh, a mystery in the who kidnapped Alec? Why did they kidnap him? What was the motivation behind mm-hmm. all of it? Who is Gillian's sister? Where is she? What happened to Ariana's box? All of these things are very thriller focused within a, the construct of a romance novel. She, I felt like she did a decent job of hiding the um, the Highland traitor in plain sight. Like, oh yeah, definitely. On, on, on very cleverly done. On first read, you really don't pick up. Like, no, you know I didn't. I mean? In fact, I the most recent time I read it, it was like, who was it? Who was the bad guy again? Yeah, because it really was. They interwove the his story and the way mm-hmm. that he hid who he was so cleverly that you didn't even guess. You didn't notice. You, you didn't notice. notice because you were like oh, maybe she saw him because you don't even think, oh, well, yeah. actually, no, he'd gone somewhere already. Yeah. And, because and my mind reason, right? Trick. Yeah, it plays a trick on you because you think that Gillian has met the traitor when in fact she hadn't, but he'd been mentioned in a scene just before she arrived and it that immediately switched you off mm-hmm. to the, um, the fact that she didn't meet him first time. Oh, by right. the way, for anyone who doesn't know, there is a traitor in... Ramsey's midst and he is he is in the belief that he is the rightful heir to Ramsey's um holdings oh, yeah. and he yeah. should be he should be in charge of the clan he suffers a very very unfortunate well not unfortunate but very predictable fate at the hands of Ramsey and Brodick mm-hmm. yeah that's the other thing these men woof yeah, I'm just not sure in real life if I could handle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I you know, I'm married. You know what? I'm married to retired military, so let me just shut up. I actually probably never mind. Forget Would be? I said, yeah, yeah. I mean, military's always been my jam. Like, 
like something about the uniform. I don't know. You can't turn off what turns you on. I mean, and uh, that uniform every time. Yeah. yeah. I completely get it because yeah. the last time I dated someone, he was in the military. So maybe it's, I think they always say something, isn't there a saying about women love a man in uniform? Mm -hmm. There yeah. are even specialist dating sites for women who are searching for a man in uniform. Yeah. So it's a very, very popular, maybe that's another trope. Man in uniform? Yeah. Hmm. Because it seems to be very, very, if you read a lot of um, a lot of novels, I think they even, haven't they even got a, a um, because they have doctors and nurses Mm-hmm. in there's a lot of military yeah there are a lot of yeah. military okay so speaking of things we wear kilts not historically accurate right oh definitely not historically accurate it's kind of like the vikings with the horns on their helmets mm -hmm. not the way things were done in okay. fact kilts weren't introduced for a few more centuries i don't think right and then they were promptly outlawed because weren't they by the british weren't kilts outlawed oh they were considered threatening i think I'd have to look it a up. A skirt on a man was threatening? It wasn't so much the skirt on the man, it was what they did not wear underneath. Um, oh, and that's threatening, okay. <laughs> maybe the English men found it threatening, I don't know. Um, English men are, I don't understand them, but I don't understand. And I'm English. So. <laughs> I don't really know any English men, so I can't say. I, can't I would say. say I'll introduce you to my brother, but I don't think that would be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> He'd drive you as nutty as I do. <laughs> Oh dear. Oh dear. Okay, let's move on. Okay, so you could talk Star Wars with him though. Oh, there you go. I, I'm sure he'd disagree with me. Most men disagree with me about Star Wars. That's my nephew's job. <laughs> oh, please. I'd eat him for breakfast. He would uh, he'd come out of that crying, right? Don't do that to the poor love. Well, he might deserve it at one point. Maybe I'll <laughs> on the back burner as a threat. <laughs> Is he the J, the D, or the I of the Jedi? The D. The D. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I would eat him for breakfast. Anyway, let's move along again. <laughs> so is this a typical Highland romance novel? If you're reading Garwood, then definitely. I'd say so, it's yeah. incredibly, incredibly typical. I've just finished reading The Wedding, which mm. is the second in the Bride series. Who's and... the heroine in that one? Oh, I could, you know, it's really bad i always forget her name i remember it, his it's what's his name connor okay yeah that's the first one in that series is the bride right and that yes, is the bride um, and that's, that's jamie jamie and alec yes it is and kincaid and then kincaid right and then you've got the wedding i remember yeah i want to say brenna i really want to say right. brenna that sounds right but the fact that I forget her name and don't forget his says quite a lot about how I feel about that particular book. Well, but you know what? I think they've given her flaws to make her seem more human. Oh, so and she... she's the one who forgets things everywhere, yet she's got incredible eyes and she's really pretty and she's the youngest and she was forgotten. And she proposed to Connor several times after she met him as a child because she had to catch herself a husband yeah okay um but you know what to me that says something i get all of these books all of these julie garwood books confused which says a lot 
it goes back to the formula thing. If you like the formula, read it, you'll enjoy it. And I enjoyed all these books, but there was a great deal of predictability. And that's not, I mean, you know what? That's okay. You Sometimes you want predictability, right? Um, oh, yeah, despite definitely. The, despite the fact that, that romance readers are brave readers, sometimes you want. I mean, you, you pick, okay, this is a good Julie Garwood because I want the comfort of a really strong alpha hero or or just the thought of the man in the kilt or whatever, super proud of his family. So, yeah, I, I, I'm okay with that. I'm completely okay with that. Are you okay with that? Oh, yeah. Well, I think proof is in the pudding and everything else. And I do read, I do go through phases. And this is my annual reread started slightly early this year of the Garwood novels, because I go through phases where I'll just basically sit and devour. And if Mm -hmm. anybody ever sees my, um, my reading list on Goodreads, a large amount of it is rereads of Garwood, Coulter, certain novels, specifically the Mallory series by um, Lindsay, and the old McNaught books, my favourite of which being A Kingdom of Dreams, which we will get onto at some other point, though it's now out of print. Um, and I go through phases and I read certain types of books, and then I'll go on to. I don't just read romance, as we've talked about. We are more daring, and I will reread Lord of the Rings and things like that as well. But this is, I like the formula. I find it comforting. It's almost Mm routine-making. And it's like, well, I'm still reading a book. Mm -hmm. And even if I know every single in and out of each tiny little plot point, it's still like, oh, I can sit and go, I'd quite like to be wooed like this for about five minutes and then I'd get very very bored and very annoyed because Mm -hmm. I'm not a Highland girl I'm not someone who's been sheltered and has no idea of the fact that I'm being taken advantage of but that's because I'm a 20 well 20th and 21st century girl yeah well what about book recommendations (laughs) Ah. excuse me (laughs) I have a very long list of book recommendations Mm -hmm. But specifically, if you loved Ransom, if you really love Ransom, then there are quite a few. You've got A Kingdom of Dreams, which I've already mentioned by Judith Knorr. It is out of print, especially in the UK. But, um, and I'm really sorry, I can't loan everybody my copy. It's falling apart. However, it is available on Kindle in the US. If you want to get a copy, just go on the McNaught page. And apparently she's coming out with her first book in 12 years at some point in the next 20 years. So (laughs) there's been a lot of debate on, on forums about that one. We won't need to go there. Then you've got the Velvet Montgomery Annuals Quadrilogy by Jude Devereaux, which is a series of four books all with velvet in the title and they are following a highland family and a feud which is if that's your thing i mean jude Devereux jude Devereux is a very very personal tasting have you ever read any of hers me of course (laughs) that was a silly question (laughs) Uh, oh yeah i've read stuff by everyone on this list i think go ahead Okay, the next one is A Gentle Feuding by Joanna Lindsay. She doesn't tend to, in my experience, write that many novels based in the Highlands. Yeah, but I, don't a gentle think feud- of her, I don't think of her in um, 
the Hyde, Highland sense. I've always read her Mallory novels. The Regency series. Yeah. Um, we will be actually reading one of those later on this year. So get your copies of your Mallory books out and ready and waiting. But um, this is, I think it's one of her only Highland novels. But it is still in print and it is available on Kindle. Okay, well, good to know. And then there's one that I've never read, though I have read quite a few. In fact, I'm looking at one now by Lindsay Sands, and that is Devil of the Highlands. And she's written apparently a series of Highland novels. So Mm -hmm. if you like her vampire fiction, it might be worth picking up one of hers. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you've got every single book ever written by Julie Garwood. So you've got in the the, the Highland genre, in the Highland. Highland, There's quite a few of them, to be fair. You've Mm -hmm. got. The Secret and Shadow Music, which are the prequel and sequel to Ransom. Mm -hmm. Then you've got The Bride and the Wedding. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Saving Grace. And they're all Highland-themed novels by Julie Garwood. Saving Grace is one of my favorites. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Or not Gideon, (laughs) I'm sorry, Gabriel. Um, Gabriel is the hero there. But... um, Shadow Music is, to be fair, quite a... um, I think it's her most recent and lost historical i think it was panned people (laughs) people i've read a lot of like iffy reviews on that one yeah and that was that was um the last in the in theory the last in the secret the um ransom and shadow music was the trilogy it was indeed it was indeed and it wasn't as good i think people were expecting more of a continuation of the series but having paired off Ramsey, Brodick and Ian. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit difficult to find that continuation. So obviously there's a few things that may may well could have been done differently but weren't. But it was still a novel and it was still historical and it's yep. still finished off that trilogy. So there you go. There are my personal recommendations. And obviously I've never read Devil of the Highlands, but I do like Lindsay Sands. So give it a go, huh? Exactly. <laughs> There's no harm. Yep. You can only you can only pick it up, read it, and go. Ah, why did they recommend that one? Maybe I should give them another recommendation. So if you've got a recommendation of a Highland novel that you think other people would like, or a new author, make a comment, and we'll definitely pick it up in a later podcast. Absolutely. We um we really do look forward to hearing from our listeners and i know that we've heard we've heard some comments here and there so that's good that's good so yeah if you would uh recommend something we would love to hear it and um our book list is extensive but we can certainly make room for recommendations from our listeners so yay, yay. <laughs> i agree yeah so our final verdict on ransom thumbs up i'd say thumbs up but you know, that sort of thumbs up, thumbs down, depends on the mood type thing. That's mm-hmm. me. I'm actually doing it right now. I probably uh-huh. look like a right idiot if anybody can see me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you probably can. <laughs> well, we don't video these things for a reason. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we really don't because the faces both of us make is like, oh, horrified yeah. faces. Th- that, and I stumble out of bed at the crack of dawn to do this, so... <laughs> Problem with time differences. Yeah. One yeah. of us needs to move and I get the feeling it won't be you. Uh, I have kind of a lot going on. Sorry. <laughs> and, <laughs> anyway, it is that time again. As we mentioned earlier, it's going to be 
um, Sally's turn to pick our book of the fortnight. Or I am excited to pick this. It is a completely different uh, in terms of of um, romance genre. It is futuristic and it is supernatural. And um, and I saw I was going to pick it at some point, and then I saw that it was on offer at Amazon UK for ninety nine pence, and I was like, okay. I'm picking this right now so you can get it for really cheap if you need to and you're in the UK. So I am picking a book by an author from um, New Zealand, Nalini Singh, and it is called Slave to Sensation. Doesn't that sound scandalous? It Slave does a bit. I think, I, think the, I think the cover is kind of it scandalous is. as well from it looking is. at it. It is. It's a Slave to Sensation. It is the first in her side changeling series. And um, she is, I want to say, f- 15 books into this. Yeah, so according to the page it is. If you decide you like it, this is the entry point to the series. And if you decide you like it, you've got plenty more to read and if you decide you don't like it well no big you know what i mean you just you're into it for 99 pence if you're in the uk <laughs> or it should be available in the united states at you know public libraries and such it shouldn't be too difficult to find um but slave to sensation the lenny Singh. so in two weeks we will be discussing that and the next week MCU was Ray's pick for last week, and next week we're going to be talking about romance and Star Wars, and I'm so excited. Um, I need my birthday present. (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should have done MCU then. Sorry. No, better plans, better late plans and all that stuff. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, so anyway, I think that's all we have for today. Isn't yeah, it? much shorter than last week. Have you managed to battle through our epic discussion of all of the relationships we didn't realize there were in the MCU? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ray is brilliant, and she has come up with a blog. Could you could you give us our blog it's, address? Yeah, it's romancenotdead.wordpress.com. Okay. Um, and there are three articles on there already. And if you're one of our followers, yay! Thank, thank you. you. If you're not, follow us because. Seriously, there are going to be loads more posts, and I can't believe I'm sitting here actually putting two thumbs up, and Sally is probably laughing her head off at me right now. Um, But do follow us, because any follower is great, and love hearing from people, so make comments, suggestions. If you've got a book suggestion, or you've got an idea for maybe an article, research, post, or anything else, or you just like to say hi, (laughs) go over there and say hello. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And then we also have a Twitter, and um, that is ISN Romance on Twitter. It is indeed. And we are quite active on Twitter. And I, my personal Twitter is Palmetto Blue. So if you want to touch base with me on Twitter, feel free to do so at Palmetto Blue. Um, is there anywhere that you want people to find you, Ray, or just go to the blog? Just go to the blog. I'm pretty active on there. I've, I, tend to try and write at least twice a week so head over to there say hi say hi on our twitter because oh we we, have polls up like once a week almost so yeah yeah and currently our poll stands our poll is for um who was the winner of our last poll for the mcu the winner of our last it was 
Steve and Peggy. Yay! Steve and Peggy <laughs> won. My fave one. Okay, and so next week we will have the results of our current poll. And our current poll is, um, what's your favorite genre of romance, right? It certainly is. Great. And there are, obviously, with Twitter being what it is, you can only vote for four, but you can leave a comment and say which one you like best. Or if there's one that's not been mentioned, you can put that in the comments or say, seriously, I read every single book there is out there. That yep. is that's too limiting. I like everything, as yep. someone already has done. Um, yep. You can post that as well. And we're pretty chatty, so as you can tell. <laughs> Blog. <laughs> And podcast and Twitter and <laughs> and chats for about an hour before we even do any of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. That's true. That's true. All right, y'all. Well, thanks for tuning in and we hope to see you again. Ray, would you is there anything you would like to say to our dear listeners? Well, nothing apart from keep looking for your happily ever after. And I would just remind you that romance isn't dead. It's alive and well on my bookshelf. Bye. Bye.